The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here and this season takes it to a whole new level old school legends modern power players and ex-lovers are all competing in cape town south africa for the prize of three hundred thousand dollars and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast listen to mtv's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts Welcome into Long Shots, the world's number one rated golf betting show here on VEASAN and VEASAN.com, the sports betting network. I'm Brady Cannon along with Wes Reynolds at the South Point Hotel, Casino, and Spa as we get you ready for the Valspar Championship and take you through the next hour of golf betting conversation. The tour went off the norm last week in New Orleans for a two-person team format, and it was Team Australia, Mark Leishman and Cameron Smith getting the win in a playoff. Wes over Team South Africa, Louis Oosthuizen and Charles Schwartzel. Good for Trevor Immelman to see that uh, some President's Cup participants perhaps yeah. uh, being very well. The final two teams being Australia and South Africa. Both kind of made a mess of the playoff hole, but Team South Africa a little bit more of a mess. So Smith now gets his third PGA Tour win. That's his second win, actually, at the Zurich Classic of New Orleans, I believe. 2017 with Jonas Blix, the Swede, who's been kind of off the grid here, had some injury issues, about to return back to the Tour, I believe. I think he's in the field this week. Yes, I, I think you're right. Uh, Mark Leishman now six wins. So obviously they get the full FedEx Cup points for that. No Masters invites, but both of those guys finished inside the top 12. So they'll be back at Augusta next year. They do obviously get the two-year additional tour exemption. So a beneficial win for both of those guys. It always is. Uh, on the Ustays and Schwartzel side, Louis, unfortunately, man, he is just so hard luck. He has never won on American soil, despite the fact that he has a major championship at the Open back in St. Andrews uh, all those years ago. I think 2010 or 2011 it was. And 
he has been a runner-up. He has the bridesmaid Grand Slam, second in all made all the major championships, but still cannot win on USL. And I know that kind of gets to him a little bit and wants to prove it over here, but has had a very good career. Nice to see them both play well again. Charles Schwartzel, actually this week, the five-year anniversary of his last PGA Tour win was at the Valspar Championship in 2016. When we previewed the Zurich Classic last week here on Long Shots, we talked about how this event is pretty random and handicapping a winner can be very difficult, but the results really were not that surprising. You look at Smith and Leishman, Burns and Horschel, John Rahm and Ryan Palmer, Bubba Watson, Scotty Scheffler, Patrick Cantlay, Xander Schauffele. They were all there on the first page of the leaderboard. We just didn't pick the right team. And and I guess in retrospect, even though we weren't on either of the two playoff participants, not really surprising because we did mention last week on this program, the alternate shot on Friday and Sunday are going to be the deciders in terms of who's going to win this. And you have guys that have played in President's Cups that have played that alternate shot format before uh, and some of the European teams as well and some of the Americans, but you really didn't see a lot of the American Ryder Cup duos necessarily over the years pair up. So not a shock, I guess, at the result, unfortunately, not on either one of them. Wes Reynolds goes back-to-back across the pond, nailing John Catlin at 50-1 to a couple of weeks ago at the Austrian Open, and then follows it up with Garrick Higo at the Lopasan Open in Gran Canaria this past week at 40-1. to Wes, I think we're going to start calling you the British Bulldog. What is that, uh, four <laughs> winners in a row? I'm a regular Davy Boy Smith here, Brady, the legendary wrestler, the British Bulldog. But, yeah, four winners on four the Four winners on the tour. tour, two in a row. Yeah, I would like to get one on this side of the pond. Hopefully this week we'll start that. But Garrick Higo, you're right, 25 under, 255, the lowest score ever in the history of the European Tour in terms of an official tournament play. It was a very easy course, and the wind didn't blow over there in Spain. Garrick Higo absolutely putted lights out because he was just bombing it off the tee. So he gets the win over Max Kiefer, the German, and that's actually back-to-back runner-up finishes for Max Kiefer. So a lot of people kind of like him third times a charm this week in the Tenerife Open. They're staying on the Canary Islands. We'll get to that in the next segment. That is now 11 outright winners in 14 weeks for the Long Shots crew when you include the European Tour. And it was way back in January when I got the party started hitting Kevin Na at the Sony Open. But uh, ever since then, Wes, the field has been lapping me. I- I- I'm due well, you're killing us on the matchups, though, and then and you always do very well in that part of golf handicapping. So keeping the matchups going, and I think uh, I think we're on at least one or two, maybe of the same players this week. So hopefully we get it rolling. Yeah, Matt Humans, myself, and Wes Reynolds all on one of the same players in the outright market this week. I do have another head-to-head matchup. Could only find one again this week, but hopefully that one is a winner. This is Long Shots, the world's number one golf betting show here on Veasan and Veasan the sports betting network and uh, we're trying to locate our guest we've got a repeat offender here he has now uh, been on the program a couple of times in the past our friend rex hoggard of the golf channel uh, do we have mr hoggard just yet not quite yet, Brady. All right, very good. Uh, well, Rex is uh, from the Florida area and is very familiar with this golf course, so we hope to uh, tap into his, some of his insights about this layout. And, Wes, let's talk about the layout a little bit. It's 
a very atypical Florida mm-hmm. golf course. You look at the Honda Classic and Bay Hill, and, you know, there's not a whole lot of trees. There's palm trees, and there's wind, and there's sand, and there's water. This is really very much more of a traditional-style course with tree-lined fairways and dog legs, smaller-ish greens, and it's very important to hit them in regulation here. This is a difficult golf course, and uh, it'll put a real test on these pros. I think it's a real fun tournament to handicap every year. It is more of like a Carolina course, and we'll be talking about that next week at Quail Hollow for the Wells Fargo Championship. It's not your typical Florida-type layout, very tight off the tee, a lot of tree-lined fairways, dogleg holes, elevation changes. Copperhead is the name of the course. It is Innisbrook Resort, but the Copperhead course uh, is a par 71, about 7,340 yards. Water's in play on nine of the 18 holes, 74 bunkers. Of course, uh, five par threes here, which is unique for a par 71 layout. Also, it is known as the snake pit, uh, the holes 16 through 18, arguably the three most difficult in terms of hole to hole to hole on the regular PGA Tour. A uh, lot of guys, uh, you want to make pars basically on those holes. Uh, no Valspar winner is really finished under par on the holes for the week. So you definitely got to avoid bogeys here. The greens got uh, redone a few years ago. Tiff Eagle Bermuda, still some POA overseed in them. So very tight layout. You do not see a lot of big winning scores here. You'll see kind of low to mid-teens, or you'll see single digits like you saw two years ago with Paul Casey. What do you think about the number one player in the world, Dustin Johnson? Of course, they did not play this tournament in 2020. Paul Casey, as you note, has won this golf tournament two times in a row. Of course, they didn't play it in 2020. So he's the defending champ, a two-time defender defending champ from 2018 and 2019 in 2019 Dustin Johnson played this event and finished sixth and this doesn't really seem like a DJ type of golf course we do have one past winner that's a little bit more on the bomber side in Gary Woodland but for the most part this is more about accuracy and precision what kind of chances do you give DJ this week I mean I give him a chance every single week because he's the number one player in the world but If you look, he's not really a regular winner in the state of Florida. He did win at Doral, which is more of a Bombers-type layout all those years ago. So he always has a chance, but I think he's playing this event and probably will be a participant next week in Charlotte because you've really – now we're getting close to the PGA here, Brady. We're we're just about three weeks away, so you really don't have a lot of opportunities to prepare. This might give you the best preparation you probably can get for it because it's a little bit more of an arduous layout. So you do have DJ in the field. You also have Justin Thomas in the field. And, of course, last time he was in the Sunshine State, he won the Players' Championship at 22-1 seven weeks ago. But you've got the two favorites really at the top of the market that do not have great form, which is why I didn't necessarily go with them. I mean, they're always going to get played because of who they are, number one and two in the world, respectively, but not for me this week. Well, uh, Dustin Johnson, of course, won in Saudi Arabia back in January. You mentioned Thomas, winner at the Players' Championship. But outside of those victories, to their standards, they really have not been in top form, especially what we remember from DJ last summer and last fall when he went on to win the Masters. But of those two guys, Thomas seems to be a better fit for this golf course than Johnson. You would certainly think so. So, and, and just looking at his form here over the years, uh, 10th and an 18th, also a miscut. Hasn't been here since 2017. Of course, no event last year due to COVID-19 got canceled. But 
I think being that he's won a little bit more recently, I would certainly much prefer Justin Thomas than Dustin Johnson this week. Let me ask you about some of the guys that are a little further down the board in kind of the 30 to 51 range, 30 to 50 to one range. And they played pretty well in the team event last week. You've got Jason Kokrak, Scotty Scheffler, Louis Eustazen, Ryan Palmer, Charlie Hoffman. Do you use last week to gauge current form, or do you kind of throw it out because of the nature of the tournament, you know, two-man teams and whatnot? It's a little bit of a throw out because we didn't really have a lot of stat data last week. We didn't have a lot of strokes gained because of the two different formats. Four ball played on Thursday and Saturday. Foursomes played on Friday and Sunday. So, you know, you don't want to totally dismiss it because playing well is playing well. But I didn't really look at it too much. I looked a little bit more at RBC, Masters, and the lead-up event to the Masters in terms of the recent form. And I also, I think this is a course form type of event. And it's evident by who our defending champion is, that being Paul Casey, who's won back-to-back 2018 and 2019. So he's certainly getting some support. He's trying to be, I believe, the first player on the PGA Tour to win an event three straight times. I think it was Steve Stricker back in 2009. John 2011 Deere. at the John Deere, which he always plays, being from that Quad Cities from Wisconsin, so nearby to the Quad Cities. But usually, to be fair, that JDC is a lot lesser field than I think we're seeing this week. You don't get number one and number two in the world in the John Deere Classic the week before the Open Championship. So a little bit of a tougher spot here for Casey, but he certainly fit. And I didn't play him, but he certainly fit a lot of the numbers that I was looking at this week in terms of some different stats that I thought were important. He's up there with on strokes gained approach. I think he's top 12 in this week's field over the last 24 rounds. Uh, very good in terms of greens and regulation gain. And also what's going to be a little important here is strokes gained in terms of your performance or efficiency on par threes, especially from 200 to 225 yards. Yes, four of the five measure at 200 yards or greater. So you can see Paul Casey very much on the top of that list. Bryce Garnett, who I did consider as a bomb this week, didn't end up playing uh, ranks first in that category. So, yeah, you've got some bears of par threes here. These are not easy holes. And Paul Casey certainly has performed on those. And you know he's, the ball striking is always good. It's just can he putt well. And he did the last two times here. We'll see if he can make it a threesome. Yeah, Paul Casey made a lot of sense for me too. But I did not play him because the odds are that a guy's not going to win three times in a row. And maybe that'll put some pressure on him as well. Obviously, he likes the golf course, has a lot of success here. But I just don't know how he's going to react this particular week. Uh, he did not make it onto my play in any form or fashion. Uh, you were talking talking about some of the skill sets that you looked at. I looked at ball striking and that total combination of, of total driving and mm-hmm. greens and regulation. I think that's very important at this golf course. And we alluded to it earlier. It's not necessarily a bomber's course, probably favors accuracy a little bit more. Greens and regulation, extremely important. So I kind of looked at that jumbled stat, what they call ball striking. I also looked at strokes gained approach. I looked at scrambling because these are smaller greens and you're going to miss a few and you're going to need to get up and down. And then I also looked at par three scoring, as you mentioned, and then putting. You know, putting is a weird stat because a guy can get hot for four days and win a golf tournament, even if he's not a very good putter. And and the best putters in the world, conversely, can have a bad four days and not win a golf tournament. The Valspar, I think more so than a lot of events on tour, really 
you know, makes putting very important. These greens are difficult. You mentioned in your article, I believe, in Point Spread Weekly that will be out on Wednesday, uh, a lot of undulation in these greens. So putting is actually a statistic that I took a harder look at this week more so than other weeks. Also, as far as correlated courses, I looked at uh, the Memorial and the 3M Open, and then I also looked at the Sony, which is a, a par 70, a shorter course, a tighter course, uh, not as many trees as they have here at the Valspar, but uh, you look at some of the crossover winners from the Sony and the Valspar, and they match up. And then, of course, their history at this course. And then also the Travelers. A Pete Dye design mm -hmm. kind of has some similarity here. Uh, what did you look at as far as correlated courses and skill sets? I think you hit them right there in terms of the Travelers. A guy I almost played this week, Kevin Streelman, mm -hmm. a dual winner both here at the Valspar and the Travelers. He was one of my last leave-offs, so hopefully he doesn't get me. I did play him in a matchup, but in terms of the stats, you mentioned putting. The one I used actually is called strokes gain, short game. Yeah, sure. And that's basically SGP putting plus around the green. So that's what I looked at. And I came up with a couple guys off that list that did make my card this week. So look, in, in the Valspar, and if you go back to 2019, the last time this event was held, 54.1% was the field mark for greens and regulation. That was that's the low. lowest on the tour for that PGA Tour season. So when you have very tight fairways, you're probably going to miss some fairways. And that's one thing I did look at. Uh, and there was a category, and I was just kind of going through and playing around a little bit on these these stats and whatnot. Good drives gained is something that measures where the player can hit the fairway off the tee or if he misses the fairway, but still hits a green in regulation, the fringe or greens in regulation. So, look, these match up, too, with a lot of the ball striking categories, greens and regulation or approach. You see a lot of the same guys on there, the Corey Connorses, the Matt Neesmiths, Bryce Garnett, Abe Anser. So these are guys that are kind of always on that strokes gained approach list and certainly are this week. By the way, the leader in that category, at least for the field that are entered into this field this week, Justin Thomas and then Charlie Hoffman, Corey Connors. Matt Neesmith is on that every week and then I play him as a long price, but then it's like, okay, he really struggles to make putts so I understand why people play him all the time because the the approach numbers and the greens and regulation are, are, are absolutely tremendous but when you can't make putts that makes it difficult yeah he's kind of like Russell Henley for me the numbers yes. always pan out uh, really fly off the page but he just doesn't seem to win golf tournaments how about anybody in the field this week West that you feel will struggle and, and you mentioned you're staying away from Paul Casey you ended up not going with Kevin Streelman how about people that you're kind of a against that you think are either in poor current form or don't uh, are not a good fit for this golf course. Yeah, and I hated to do it because he played so well last week or he was in that playoff. And I know he's a former champion here, but I looked at Charles Schwartzel, the fact that he was an underdog in his matchup against Zach Johnson. This is a type, and I'm not saying Zach Johnson, I don't know if he's going to contend here or not, but I did take Zach in a matchup over Schwartzel simply because Zach Johnson, at this stage of his career, he's always going to you know, be more competitive on the courses where the scoring is a little bit higher. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by less under par, whether it's single digits under par, Zach Johnson is not that type of player that's going to win anymore where you got to shoot 20 under. He just doesn't make as many birdies, and he's obviously a shorter hitter. But when the course is tighter and the fairways are a little bit more narrow, these are about the most narrow fairways they've played on tour this year. I think the average is like 20. 24 yards wide, according to the research I did this week. So a lot 
narrower off the tee and in terms of the sight lines than you're going to get in terms of some of the other courses that they have played. So a lot of it was situational. I considered uh, fading Louie, but Louie has been very good here over the years, and he's been putting absolutely well, so the putter can at least keep him in contention. But the one I really went against uh, was really Charles Schwartzel. And just kind of looking at some of the main matchups in terms of the bigger name, Dustin Johnson getting faded in the matchup market, but he's against Justin Thomas. And we talked about that here at the top of the segment. Much re- would prefer JT over DJ this week. You mentioned Zach Johnson, uh, very good with the flat stick this year. And that's uh, like I mentioned earlier, that's certainly something that you need in your arsenal this week at this particular golf course, the Copperhead course at the Innisbrook Re- Resort in Palm Harbor. Harbor, Florida. Uh, and I'm with you there. Zach, you know, the biggest strength really throughout his entire career, he's always been a pretty darn good putter. Uh, but the wedge game and the approach game from about 125 yards out in his prime, Zach was one of the best in the world. Absolutely. And, and he can still be a good ball striker. He's just not a very long hitter, but the accuracy is obviously still there for Zach. And you mentioned Louis Oosthuizen, and he was a guy I almost went with this week. I, I did not jump on him, but, you know, you were talking about fading him. I, I thought maybe last week could be a little bit of a springboard for him. I, you know, I, I wonder if he is going to, uh, you know, get frustrated after that result he, or if it will kind of spur him on. He ranked first in that strokes game short game I was right. talking about by a very sizable margin. I think that'll keep him in play. And that's why I didn't fade him this week because I was like, man, these kind of greens, he's going to be able to read them. So I didn't want to go against him this week. So I left that off. Did you do anything with Abraham answer this week? You know, he checks a lot of boxes, I believe here. And it's just a guy that I don't really find myself playing all that often, kind of like a knee Smith or, or a Russell Henley, where the stats are always there. Very steady Eddie player, uh, but obviously does not have a PGA tour win yet. Uh, and I just don't know when I'm ready to, to make that call that he's going to go out and win a golf. I tournament. like his game, but, but I think he was priced accordingly because those stats are so good. You often see that put into the number here and he makes a lot of cuts. He's been finishing top 20, top 25 over his last several events. But I just thought he was a little bit too short in the high twenties this week. Yeah, How, Brady, Brady, I actually played him. I did. I did completely agree though, Wes. I thought those odds were a little pretty much on point. So I didn't play him big. He was the shortest number that I ended up playing, but he was like, you guys are saying still, Statistically, he came up number three across the board of my models, both when I ran it tw- last 24 rounds and 36. Um, usually not a guy I really like to play, kind of like you said, Brady, but I, I did take a-, a little piece on him this week, so we'll see. Well, he's absolutely built for this type of golf course, yep. and Wes mentioned that he took a look at some of the stats at Harbortown, the RBC Heritage, and, of course, it was just uh, last year that uh, Abe Anser finished second to Webb Simpson there I think he hit like 65 of 72 greens in regulation and still lost by one to Webb Simpson at that 2020 RBC. And Wes, going back to your stat, that good drive stat, which I incorporated this week too. He's fourth in the field in good drives, and then the one that I uh, looked at this week was bogey avoidance on the greens. We're talking, Brady, you were talking about the putting being so important. Number one in the field in bogey avoidance. So that was uh, two of the things that led me to him this week. Very good. Bogey avoidance, absolutely important at this tournament. Another tournament I love to look at bogey avoidance is uh, the Masters, where you know you've got to avoid those big numbers 
numbers, especially in major championships, the U.S. Open. Many stats out there that are very specific to certain golf tournaments. When we come back, it's time for Across the Pond, Red Hot West Reynolds. See if we can find another winner on the European Tour right here on Long Shots. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if... no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Welcome back to Long Shots. It's time for our Across the Pond segment, something we do when there is an event on the European Tour. And we turn to VEASAN's senior European Tour analyst. Uh, he was just named that earlier this week. The British Bulldog, the Prime Minister. It's Wes Reynolds now taking a look at this week's European Tour event in Spain. It's the Tenerife Open in Tenerife, Spain, as Wes looks to complete the triple play. Two outright winners in two weeks across the pond, going now for a third in a row. Who will it be, West, to complete the hat trick? Brady, you're making me appear worldly and cosmopolitan <laughs> when we, when you and I know the rube that I really am, Brady, uh, here. So, uh, you know, trying to be trying to be as worldly as I can. Been doing better across uh, that side of the pond, certainly, than on American soil. But yeah, you're, you're the right. Louis Eustace, and maybe that's another name we could give. Yes, uh, Garrick Higo, of course, did get there for us last week at forty to one. Now has two European Tour victories, also the Portugal Masters last year, two and eight months. Uh, a lot of really good young players. A couple of them are actually over here playing in the Valspar this week. My Sam Horsfield, Rasmus Hogyard, uh, both guys, I think, trying to clinch that top 100 spot to get in the PGA Championship in terms of the world ranking. So that's why you're seeing some of those guys over here. He go the second choice in the market uh, behind Matthias Schwab, Antoine Rosner, who we hit at the Cutter Masters. He is 16 to one highest rated player in terms of the OWG are in this field. They stay on the Canary Islands and for the Tenerife Open, which last time they had this tournament, I believe, was 1995. Different course they had this on. Jose Maria Olathabal, who you know has won a couple green jackets at the Masters, won this in 89 and 92. So who knows if this is here to stay. It may just be a one-time event just to fill out the schedule with a couple events going away, that being the Open de France at Le Golf National yeah. and the Portugal uh, I really like both of tournament. those, too. Yeah. Sorry and, to see him go. Yeah, and they went away. Uh, last time this actually hosted an event, it was not the Tenerife Open. It was the Canarias Open de España. 22 under. Kenneth Ferry won it in 2003. I would expect around the 20-ish under to be the winning score here really this week. I don't know if they're going to quite get to 255. It is going to play, I believe, as a par 71 of 6,850 seven yards so really no threat for these guys unless the wind blows which it did not last week and that's why you saw 25 under win the tournament uh, with Garrick Higo but onward this week Lori Cantor 35 to 1 the course name is Golf Costa Adige and it looks to be a similar layout to Grand Canaria where you're going to have to make a lot of birdies Who's number one in this week's field for making birdies? It is Laurie Cantor, the Englishman at 35 to 1. He's been off for six weeks, well, relatively well rested, I would say. So, Laurie Cantor, 35 to 1. Johannes Veerman, 50 to 1. Maybe he's going to be like John Catlin. Veerman actually is an American. I believe he played his college golf at Texas A&M. 28 years old, birdie maker capable of going low did miss the cut last week so a little bit of a concern on an easy course that you didn't make the cut but he is number one on you tour know, that, that's a, something you bring up that's an interesting point we we have birdie fests and easy courses out here and you know you can shoot a couple of 68s and miss the cut you exactly know what I mean? so it doesn't necessarily mean he was playing poorly he just yeah. didn't go low enough yeah and he's the best on tour for par five scoring you're going to have a lot of opportunities here on this track to do that so veerman and then 
then one guy you might have, if you've been watching last week, was on the leaderboard, Connor Syme, the Scotsman. Fifth last week, but he was right there. He was kind of the main chaser, him and Kiefer, of Garrett Higo. Well, what does he do? He took a quad. He took an eight on 14 on Sunday, and that really took him out of it. But if you look Friday and Saturday, he shot 61 and 62. Nine and eight under par. So this is a guy that can go low. And then we'll get to the triple digit guys here. Darius Van Driel, 100 to one. Shot all four rounds in the 60s last week. He was T8 in Grand Canaria. Second top 10 and three starts. So decided to take a shot with him. Nikolai Hogard, who's twin brother Rasmus, is actually here at the Valspar Championship down in Tampa, trying to improve on that ranking for the PGA. Twin brother Nikolai, 15th last week, 7th the week before in Austria. And then Alejandro Canizares, who's actually been the first round leader in two of his last three starts, and needs a quick start. Did not get it in Grand Canaria. Speed horse. Yeah, did not get it last week. He was even par 70, and that put him behind the eight ball, but he shot 12 under over his last 54 holes but that was good enough I believe for 38th Brady so when you get off to a bad start on a birdie fest that's what happens to you I think he gets off to a better one this week well my guy Sam Horsfield who I like to root for he is on American soil in the Valspar championship this week but two guys that caught my eye that have been playing very well one of them you're on in Connor Syme Matthias Schwab you know he's a very mm -hmm. short shot but that guy's been playing some darn good golf as of late yeah and, and he's looking to break through on, on the European tour. He is a really talented player. Came over here and tried to get his PGA Tour card last summer. Eighth and seventh the last two weeks for Schwab. All right, next up, major implications. We've got a new game for you that our producer Kelly Bidlin put together. Stick around. It's Long Shots on VSIN. Major implications segment here on Long Shots, where we take a look at the next coming up major championship, and that, of course, is the PGA Championship. Just 23 days away, they'll tee it up at the Ocean Course on Kiowa Island, South Carolina, Thursday, May 20th, 2021. And it's time to introduce a new game. What's the play? We have ditched Would You Rather in exchange for What's the Play. Our producer, Kelly Bidlin, has put together a few lists of players, all within a range of certain odds. And Wes and I will choose from the list who we would play in each tier. And Wes, I will start with tier one. This is basically anybody at 20 to one or shorter. Dustin Johnson at 10 to one. John Rahm and Justin Thomas at 12. Bryson DeChambeau and Jordan Spieth at 14. Xander Shoffley at 16 to 1, Rory McElroy at 18 to 1, Brooks Kepka at 20 to 1. Anybody on that list or anybody in that range that you would pick right now for the PGA? Just from process of elimination, no thank you on Kepka. I don't know how healthy he is. This is a 7600 yard course. So this is a little bit of a slog. I mean, when he won in Phoenix, shorter course and also very flat, healthier so not as hilly. Yes, and <laughs> so I would have to eliminate him. I would eliminate Spieth on this long of a course necessarily. So those were the first two. Rory, of course, has won here before, run here in 2012 by eight shots over David Lynn. So I need to see something, though, at Quail Hollow. 
which is probably going to be the only start he's going to make before the PGA Championship. It's a place where he's won before. So I need to see something there. Probably what I would look at, maybe I go back to to my guy, John Rahm, because it's like I bet him every major. He's so close. And, and look, he just hasn't gotten it done, but it's only a matter of time. I think Bryson makes sense here, too, being that it is a very long course, 7,600 yards. So he is at 14-1. to 1. Those would be the first two I would look at in that tier. Well, I landed on Bryson DeChambeau, too, and I have not bet him yet, but I'm trying to find a price. I'd love to see him at better than 14-1, to 1, but, uh, you know, I, I think I learned something at Harding Park last year the way and at the U.S. Open as well. This guy is obviously built to overpower a golf course, mm-hmm. and he's starting to figure out that he can't do that at Augusta National. But I think a PGA championship is more designed for a bomber. Uh, so Bryson DeChambeau would be my selection there at 14 to 1. Tier number two, guys in the neighborhood of 20 to 1 to 40 to 1 and everything in between. Colin Morikawa, your defending champ at 25. Cantley at 28. Daniel Berger at 33. Tony Finau, Victor Hovland, Patrick Reed, and Will Zalatoris also so at 33 to one and then Cameron Smith, really the man of the hour lately on the PGA Tour at 40 to one. Well, there's a couple guys to like there, actually. Uh, one that's in very lousy form, but is one of the best Pete Dye course players in the world, and that would be Patrick Cantlay at 28 to 1. Now, I want to see how he does uh, or what he's going to play. I assume he's going to play Quail Hollow and maybe even play in Dallas for the Byron Nelson, but. He, he's been in very lousy form. Him and Xander Schauffele uh, ended up, I think, finishing okay last week, but he didn't really look great there. So can't lay in terms of a Pete Dye. I want to see that price drift up a little bit. Tony Finau actually played very well with Cameron Champ last week, but that alternate shot in the fourth round, they went backwards on that leaderboard in a hurry. Now, can Zalatoris kind of be that guy that played so well at the Masters and then not be an official PGA Tour member as of yet and and go on and win a major championship? I think if it's a young guy that's kind of like that with no major experience, the PGA seemingly would be the best candidate for that to happen. Well, he's trending to make another top 10 finish, right? He was sixth at the U.S. Open and then second at the Masters. Uh, shoot, why not another top 10 at the PGA? Uh, I looked at a couple guys, and of course, you mentioned the Pete Dye connection. That's, a uh, course, who designed the ocean course at Kiowa. Uh, Daniel Berger and Patrick Reed, both at 33 to 1. Daniel Berger has done very well in the past at TPC Sawgrass. Patrick Reed won the Wyndham Championship, and that's not a Pete Dye design, but you see a lot of crossover there. Webb Simpson, uh, Siwoo Kim, guys that have won the Wyndham, also have a lot of success at Pete Dye courses. So Daniel Berger and Patrick Reed in that neighborhood of 30, maybe you can even get a better number on them, uh, which I would love to see, but I, I could see both of those guys doing pretty well here yeah no question about it I I think these guys are all absolute threats to win a major Cameron Smith of course you know he doesn't do anything well statistically Mm -hmm. necessarily he's not great in one thing he can really put all around he's pretty good he does a little bit of everything good if you want to call it that he's not elite in terms of approach or iron play like Marikawa is who's trying to defend that Wanamaker trophy so 
you know, Cameron Smith, I think, though, the word is now out on him. You're not getting what I got at the Masters back in uh, November where he's 125 to 1. Those days are long gone, unfortunately. Yeah, same for Scotty Scheffler, who I had at 150 to 1 at the PGA Championship last year. Uh, let's move to the next tier, tier number three. And this is guys in the odds neighborhood of 45 to 1 to 80 to 1. Paul Casey, Matthew Fitzpatrick, Lou Yus, Tazen, Sun J M, all at 50 to 1. Corey Connors, Shane Lowry, Walker. Keen Neiman and Siwoo Kim all at 66 to one. Anybody tickle your fancy there, Wes? If you're a believer in the Pete Dye correlation, then Siwoo Kim, who's won two of his three on Pete Dye designs, but at 66 to one, he's one of those guys I need to be 100 to one. He wasn't, at, he, it wasn't that long ago, he was at 150 to one. Yeah, to and he's been slashed. He's already won on Pete Dye this year at PGA West. Uh, a lot of very good players there. Matthew Fitzpatrick, the one thing I always worry about with him is he's not a very long hitter. Mm-hmm. His ball striking is impeccable. And you would think he would be a good fit here. He's always usually a very good fit for the RBC Heritage at Harbortown, but he just doesn't win on these really long courses. So that kind of concerns me a little bit. Uh, I guess on that list, what I would be looking at right now would be Joaquin Neiman Mm. at 66 to one. And obviously this week in Tampa is going to determine really where I go forward with Joaquin Neiman. Shane Lowry could be sneaky, too. I wonder if he is starting to find a little bit of form. Lynx course. Yes. Going to have to play in the wind. By water. Sure. So absolutely a coastal type of design. So you could think that Shane Lowry may be one of those sneaky guys that show up here. Because if you look at that 2012 PGA Tour leaderboard, a lot of Europeans were actually up there on that or finished very well. You saw with, uh, I believe, David Lynn, Ian Poulter, Justin Rose, Jamie Donaldson, Mm -hmm. Peter Hansen from Sweden. Yeah, so you see a lot of Europeans there. So Shane Lowry might not be too bad there. I'd want to see a little more on the price, though. I kind of like the look of Sun J M. This guy uh, obviously is one of the top players in the world at 50 to 1. I don't think he would be a bad play. We'll see if we can get to Tier 4 in the next segment here. We do have one more tier with some of the long shots, and I actually have a couple of long shots in pocket as well so we'll carry that over after the break and then get into our plays for the Valspar championship right here on long shots If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. 
A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up as well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James! LeBron James! And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Long Shots. Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds with you on VEASAN and VEASAN.com, the sports betting network. We'll get to the final segment, the match play segment here in just a moment, where we go over all of our plays for this week's event. Of course, that is the Valspar Championship. Matt Humans has some plays this week. Kelly Bidlin's going to chime in with a few plays. Of course, Wes and I will throw out ours for the week as well. But we want to finish up the major implications segment looking at what's the play. And we're at the final tier here. We have some long shots and one if anybody, uh, you know, is piquing your interest here in this list, Wes, we start with a few hundred to one shots. Billy Horschel, Kevin Kistner, Ryan Palmer, Brian Harmon, all at 100 to one. Jason Kokrak, Max Homa, Francesco Molinari, all at 125 to one. And then Stuart Sink at 150 to one. Any of those or anybody else uh, long bombs that you're thinking about for the PGA Championship? Jason Kokrak, speaking of long bombs, is a very long hitter. And obviously now comes in with a win. He finally got that first win there against a very good field right here at Shadow Creek for the CJ Cup. So he is capable or shown he's capable of beating very good players is Jason Kokrak. So he kind of stood out to me a little bit there because the guy that's a pretty big hitter. And 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 uh, that was the guy that I think I really looked at first. Also, Max Homa 
at 125 to one who has proven his medal against good competition that being that he won at Riviera earlier this year with a lot of really good chasers on the leaderboard so of that group those two stood out to me he won Max Homa did at a PGA championship course too. Quail Hollow mm-hmm. uh, held a PGA championship in 2017 when Justin Thomas won uh, I have two selections here one on the board and that is Ryan Palmer now I don't necessarily recommend him at 100 to 1 I got him at 250 to 1 and, and I believe that price is still available on Ryan Palmer I, I think Palmer is definitely a good PGA championship type player has been maybe in the best form of his career for the last couple seasons and then another guy that I added to the portfolio just this week also at 250 to 1 Keegan Bradley a former PGA championship winner and I think he makes a lot of sense for this type of championship a good driver of the golf ball can't putt all that great a lot but, of uh, people like him this week too because he's always up there on the approach and the GIR and all uh, very good with the irons. He always has been, but just can't make a putt, unfortunately. One thing that's interesting about Bradley, too, is he has great success. Maybe his best putting surface is past Palum, the past Palum greens. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're going to find here at Kiowa. So I've got two guys in pocket right now that just happen to be on the long shots tier here, tier four in the game we're playing. Keegan Bradley and Ryan Palmer at 250 to one. All right, let's get to the plays for the Valspar Championship. And uh, we'll do Matt Eumann's first Kelly, and then uh, we'll go over yours. Uh, I'm not sure if Matt has any head-to-head matchups this week, but uh, he does not. He does not have any head-to-heads, but we got him back in action at least. He uh, stated that he hated the tournament last week, but uh, he likes this one. So he's playing. Corey Connors, he's got at 20-1. to Corey Connors has been on a real tear lately. Abraham Answer, we discussed him earlier on the program. Checks a lot of boxes for sure. 31-1 to on Abe Answer. Jason Kokrak, a guy that's had great success here at the Valspar and has really been playing well in the state of Florida as of late at 37 to one. And then Joaquin Neiman, uh, the young man, the Chilean, an excellent ball striker who has also found the flat stick this season, Wes. Yes, he has. And uh, I'm actually on a couple of those plays with Matt and we'll get to our, our, our threesome match uh, yes. uh, here momentarily, but I am also on Jason Kokrak. Uh, number one, uh, Kelly, and, and you also talked earlier on this show about bogey avoidance. Well, who's number one in this week's field for bogey avoidance? That would be one Jason Kokrak. Mm. So I really liked how he was playing. He played very well on the Florida swing. He was 9-8-9 was his form in terms of those three tournaments, workday, Bay Hill, and then the Players' Championship. So he makes a lot of sense here, and uh, I think that bogey avoidance is going to be very important, especially at the Snake Pit. Hole, He's another 16 guy. Through 18. He's another guy who's really uh, found the flat stick this season. Kelly, go ahead and fire away with who you've got in your pocket this week. Yeah, th- I got. I've got three of uh, Matt Eumann's four, and I think I think Corey Connors would. I've played him a ton this season. That it's just tough to play him at that short of a number when you've been playing him at 50, 60 yeah. to one all year. Mm-hmm. Um, and he deserves was, it now, though. I think. I yeah, mean. He, he does. He does. But you know, when you you know, I'm seeing him same place in my you know statistical models and everything that he was at sixty to one. So it was a pass. But make it four for four on Joaquin Neiman. I'm with you. I'm with you guys on him. Uh, thirty eight to thirty eight to one on him. Other outrights answer. Jason Kokrak. I'm in on as well. Thirty seven to one. Uh, great, good fit in my model. He was top ten. Uh, in my model, well, 10th exactly in my model, and then great course history. I mean, he was just really. 
really uh, great tournament history here, and that was one thing uh, that I really uh, uh, relied on here. Hoffman, uh, Charlie Hoffman, Chris Kirk, man, I feel like I'm playing these guys every other week, if not every week, because they are. Uh, Chris Kirk's been a top twenty, top ten machine. Both of those year. guys have been red hot. It's, yeah, as they of have late. been red hot. So running, running my models last twenty four, last thirty six. This was one two. Hoffman Kirk. Uh, so be able to get these guys 50, 52 to one, fifty five to one. I loved uh, one long shot for me. Tom Hoagie. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he was surprisingly up there, pretty far in my model. So one hundred fifty to one. That was a great number. Um, and then mixed all these guys into top 10s, top 20s, top 30s, uh, as you're seeing on the screen if you're watching. It. And that's a good way to do it, too, if you don't want to put it all on outrights to go top 20s, top 30s. I, I try to do that myself in terms of playing a little bit where maybe I don't want to put it all on an outright, but I want to put it on a prop and at least cash some there. So that's a very good idea. And, uh, Kelly, we not only on Neiman and Gokrak, I also landed on Chris Kirk, myself, ah. at 55-1. to 1. He's never really showed very well here at the Valspar. But if you just look at the numbers, if the numbers aren't going to lie to you, and sometimes they can here in this racket, but second in strokes gained total, fourth strokes gained around the green, sixth in tee to green over the course of the last 24 rounds has been really good. I think the pressure is off him because remember, I think it was at the Sony open where you hit Kevin Nas, the winner who was the runner up in that event, Chris Kirk. And he absolutely needed it because he was on that injury, that major medical extension. So he needed to get that to get his full playing privileges back because he did take a leave of absence from the tour. So now that he got that pressure off of him, he's been playing, like Kelly said, really solid golf. Top 20s uh, over and over again. And the course form is not very good, but we often see that too. A guy's course form isn't very good until it is. Well, it's also a very difficult golf course. So, I mean, I I think uh, sometimes, I I think in this case, this week, current form may overtake course form for some guys. And Kirk could Mm -hmm. certainly be one of them. He has four top 10 since since January. There you go. Yes. Uh, So, we'll we'll go back to mine. I'll go to the top of the board, work top to bottom here. Sungay M, 33 to 1. Been cut a little bit from that opener. He's fourth here on debut in 2019. Really likes Florida. So one last chance for Sungay M. Didn't get it done this year so far in the swing, but likes the Bermuda. Remember, he won the Honda Classic at PGA National last year and then finished third the very following week at Bay Hill. So Sungay M is who I played. I mentioned Coke Rack. We've mentioned Neiman. Top 10 in this week's field for tee to green, ball striking, and off the tee. Cooled off a little bit from that January form where he had back-to-back runner-ups and Hawaii, but this could be a good spot for him. And then one that's been cut, I got him at 45. He's in the mid thirties. Now I'm going to be a believer in Justin Rose. And he was the 18 and 36 hole leader at the masters before he was seventh. He's back with Sean Foley. I think that's been good for his game was 11th last week with Stenson who has been way out of form. So Rose might've had to do a little bit more carrying. And then you go back to Bay Hill. He was seventh going into the weekend before the back spasms hit and he had to withdraw. So Justin Rose and then sporadic appearances here over the years, but three top tens over the last 10 years. Kirk, I mentioned Doug Gim, hundred to one, top twelve in this week's field for approach, ball striking, and tee to green, and then Danny Willett, one hundred and fifty to one, was kind of a long shot. I think uh, he didn't drive the ball well at the RBC a couple weeks ago, but he gained six strokes on the green. Putter seems to be firing for him. And I think on these type of courses where the fairways are a little bit narrower and the scoring's a little bit higher, I think he could fare well here. And then you see the matchups. All right. So my outrights, I share one.
going with Matt Humans on Corey Connors at 20 to 1. He was 16th in his debut here at the Valspar in 2018. He has four top 10s in his last six events. 11th in strokes gained approach on tour, 68th in strokes gained putting, 6th in greens and regulation, 16th in hole proximity, which I think is very pop, or very important this week. Also 48th in par 3 scoring. Also has a 12th and a 3rd at the Sony. Got him at 20 to 1. Emiliano Grillo, uh, not the best putter in the world, but certainly follows a theme with all of my picks. Great ball strikers who putt well or putt their best on the Bermuda grass surface. And Grillo's been really hot. Just finished second at Harbor Town. He was sixth at Puna Canta in Lake March, 21st at Bay Hill, 11th in Puerto Rico. So guys been really good form. Uh, hasn't missed a cut at the Sony or the Travelers ever in his career. He was third at the 3M Open last year. Also has a ninth and 11th at the Memorial. Second on tour in ball striking, 23rd in strokes gained approach and 48th in par three scoring. This guy just made a lot of sense for me. Lucas Glover at 80 to 1. He was 19th at the Honda, just recently fourth at the Valero Championship in Texas. He has one top 10 here and five top 25s. Also a seventh at the 3M Open in Minnesota in 2019. Six straight cuts made at the Memorial. Sam Horsfield had to do it. My Florida Gator guy that I like to root for coming over to play on the PGA Tour. Ranked 79th in the world. Really hits it a long way and puts the heck out of the ball. Uh, Joaquin Neiman, make it all four of us on the young Chilean, uh, excellent ball striker, and really has the putter firing as well. And then my long bomb, Wes, Patton Kazire, uh, has the Sony Open connection, mm -hmm. a former winner there. Uh, really seems to play his best golf in the South, the Sea Islands of the world and that type of thing. And I think there's some correlation here with this course. Uh, in decent form, uh, as of late, he was sixth last year at the Travelers. Also has a uh, ninth four weeks ago in Texas. 29th in putting, 18th in greens and regulation on tour, and 73rd in par three scoring. So just a long bomb there on Patton Gazire. We'll see if we can get him home next week we head to north carolina for the wells fargo championship and we'll bring in our friend a local golf professional and professional handicapper ryan brickley to help us break it down enjoy the valspar championship thank you for tuning in to long shots and cash some tickets everybody with us at vsin The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.